International Short Stories, Volume 2 English Stories This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Edward Kirkby International Short Stories, Volume 2 English Stories Edited by William Patton Section 32 The Three Thimbles and a Pea by George Borrow. A man emerged from the tent, bearing before him a rather singular table. It appeared to be of white deal, was exceedingly small at the top, and with very long legs. At a few yards from the entrance he paused, and looked round, as if to decide on the direction which he should take. Presently his eye glancing on me, as I lay upon the ground, he started and appeared for a moment inclined to make off as quick as possible, table and all. In a moment, however, he seemed to recover assurance, and, coming up to the place where I was, the long legs of the table projecting before him, he cried, "'Glad to see you here, my lord.' "'Thank you,' said I. "'It's a fine day.' "'Very fine, my lord. Will your lordship play? Them that finds wins, them that don't finds loses?' "'Play at what?' said I. "'Only at the thimble and pea, me lord.' "'I never heard of such a game.' "'Didn't you? "'Well, I'll soon teach you,' said he, placing the table down. "'All you have to do is put a sovereign down on my table "'and to find the pea, which I put under one of my thimbles. "'If you find it, and it is easy enough to find it, "'I'll give you a sovereign besides your own, "'for them that finds wins.' "'And them that don't find loses,' said I. No, I don't wish to play. Why not, me lord? Why, in the first place, I have no money. Ah, you have no money. That, of course, alters the case. If you have no money, you can't play. While I suppose I must be seeing after my customers, said he, glancing over the plain. Good day, said I. Good day, said the man slowly, but without moving, and as if in reflection, after a moment or two, Looking at me inquiringly, he added, "'Out of employ?' "'Yes,' said I, "'out of employ.' The man measured me with his eye as I lay on the ground. At length he said, "'May I speak a word or two to you, my lord?' "'As many as you please,' said I. "'Then just come a little out of earring, "'a little farther on the grass, if you please, my lord.' "'Why do you call me my lord?' said I, as I arose and followed him. We of the thimble always calls our customers lords, said the man. But I won't call you such a foolish name any more. Come along. The man walked along the plain till he came to the side of a dry pit, when, looking round to see that no one was nigh, he laid his table on the grass, and sitting down with his legs over the side of the pit, he motioned to me to do the same. So you are want of employ, said he after I had sat down beside him. Yes, said I, I am very much in want of employ. I think I can find some. What kind, said I. Why, said the man, I think you would do to be my bonnet. Bonnet, said I, what is that? Don't you know? However, no wonder, as you had never heard of the thimble and pea game, but I will tell you. We of the game are very much exposed. Folks, when they have lost their money, as those who play with us mostly do, sometimes uses rough language, 
calls us cheats and sometimes knocks our hats over our eyes and what's more with a kick under our table causes the top deals to fly off this is the third table i've used this day the other two being broken by uncivil customers so we of the game generally like to have a gentleman go about with us to take our part and encourage us though pretending to know nothing about us for example when the customer says i'm cheated the bonnet must say no you ain't it's all right or when my hat is knocked over my eyes the bonnet must square and say i never saw the man before in all my life but i won't see him ill-used and when they kicks at the table the bonnet must say i won't see the table ill-used such a nice table too besides i want to play myself and then i would say to the bonnet thank you my lord them that finds wins and then the bonnet plays and i lets the bonnet win in a word said i the bonnet means the man who covers you even as the real bonnet covers the head just so said the man i see you are awake and would soon make a first-rate bonnet what would the wages be i demanded why to a first-rate bonnet as i think you would prove i could afford to give from forty to fifty shillings a week is it possible said i good wages ain't they said the man i find no fault with the wages said i but i don't like the employ not like bonneting said the man ah i see you would like to be principal well a time may come those long white fingers of yours would just serve for the business is it a difficult one i demanded why it is not very easy two things are needful natural talent and constant practice but i'll show you a point or two connected with the game and placing his table between his knees he sat over the side of the pit he produced three thimbles and a small brown pellet something resembling a pea he moved the thimble and pellet about now placing it to all appearance under one and now under another under which is it now he said at last under that said i pointing to the lowermost of the thimbles which as they stood formed a kind of triangle no said he it is not but lift it up and when i lifted up the thimble the pellet in truth was not under it it was under none of them said he it was pressed by my little finger against my palm and then he showed me how he did the trick and asked me if the game was not a funny one and on my answering in the affirmative he said i'm glad you like it come along and let us win some money thereupon getting up he placed the table before him and was moving away observing however that i did not stare he asked me what i was staying for merely for my own pleasure said i i like sitting here very well then you won't close said the man by no means i replied your proposal does not suit me you may be the principal in time said the man that makes no difference said i and sitting with my legs over the pit i forthwith began to decline an armenian noun that ain't cant said the man nor no nor gypsy either well if you won't close another will i can't lose any more time and forthwith he departed and after i had declined four armenian nouns 
of different declensions arose from the side of the pit and wandered about amongst the various groups of people scattered over the green presently i came to where the man of the thimbles was standing with the table before him and many people about him them who finds wins and them who can't find loses he cried various individuals tried to find the pellet but all were unsuccessful till at last considerable dissatisfaction was expressed and the terms rogue and cheat were lavished upon him never cheated anybody in all my life he cried and observing me at hand didn't i play fair my lord he inquired but i made no answer presently some more played and he permitted one or two to win and the eagerness to play with him became greater after i had looked on for some time i was moving away just then i perceived a short thick personage with a staff in his hand advancing in a great hurry whereupon with a sudden impulse i exclaimed shoon thimble engro adelia gorgio the man who was in the midst of his pea and thimble process no sooner heard the last word of the distich than he turned an alarmed look in the direction of where i stood then glancing around and perceiving the constable he slipped forthwith his pellet and thimbles into his pocket and lifting up his table he cried to the people about him mate way with a motion with his head to me as if to follow him he darted off with a swiftness which the short percy constable could by no means rival and whither he went or what became of him i know not inasmuch as i turned away in another direction lavengro end of section 32 recording by edward kirkby warwick england end of international short stories volume 2 by william patton